Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, this week's sermon comes from our intern pastor, Kim Peterson, and she preached a great sermon as we opened up the season of Advent. And so I hope you enjoy today's sermon and that God speaks to you through her words. Grace and peace to you from God who is and was and is to come. Amen. So my friend Graham and I have a weird hobby we're totally obsessed with street signs. Specifically, we're obsessed with finding interesting street signs and texting them to each other because we run into signs a lot, right? And sometimes like this one in an airport, not a street, but sometimes they're useful. Sometimes they're really useful. Sometimes they're information you never would have thought of. Sometimes they're overly honest. And sometimes they're just confusing. Roosters this way. In this studio, apparently, going from the bottom to the top, there is no uh, dogs, ice cream, or men who work out allowed. (laughs) And sometimes we see signs that conflict with each other, right? And sometimes they just don't make sense. This was taken on the, this is the side of a train in Germany. It's on a compartment on a train car that's used for large items like baby strollers and bicycles and dancing bears. Who would have thought? And sometimes they just leave you wondering what happened here. And sometimes you can misinterpret them. For example, this sign clearly says no eating, no swimming, no firearms, no smoking, no 18th, 19th century men's swimsuits. And sometimes they're just flat out ignored. And that's what's tricky, right, about signs is that we need them because they keep us from getting into trouble. As our children said, they tell us when to stop and they tell us when to go. But sometimes they're not quite as obvious. Sometimes you miss a sign that you should have seen and sometimes you see signs that aren't there. And I'm not talking, right, just about street signs like these. Has anyone ever asked God for a sign? Right, even as someone that views themselves as really down to earth, There are definitely times when a certain song comes on the radio or when a friend sends me a text that I really need to see, when something happens that points me back to God and what God wants for me, and I think, wow, that was a sign from God. We need signs. We need signs that God loves us. We need signs that God is active in our lives. We want signs that tell us what we should do or what will happen. And this was true in the ancient world as well. Ancient Mediterranean cultures had all sorts of ways to find signs. They would watch the patterns of birds as they flew through the air, 
how the leaves fell and how the, the patterns that they landed on the ground. It's kind of gross, but they would even cut open animals and look at the intestines and use that to find signs. And so there were all sorts of ways to discover them because they mattered. There are truly ancient battles that were won or lost based on people acknowledging or not acknowledging certain signs. And people in the ancient world also believed that signs would occur at the start of something really important, like at the birth of a king. And lest we dismiss these signs simply as pagan superstition, right, the Bible is chock full of signs and prophecies as well. Today is the start of Advent, this time of awaiting the coming of Christ. And at this time of year, do the words, and this will be a sign unto you, ring any bells? I got two Christmas puns in there, so... We begin this period of preparing and waiting for the arrival of the Christ child. And meanwhile, in the East, the Magi would have also been preparing. They would have recognized a star as a sign that a king had been born, that something miraculous had happened. John the Baptist provides a sign to Mary and Elizabeth when Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. And in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist leaps and kicks with joy as he recognizes the arrival of the Son of God, and our biblical list could continue. And today, we light our Advent candle, we drape our altar in blue, and in a few weeks, we'll deck our halls. We'll have Wednesday Advent services, and the list goes on and on as we, too, see the signs that remind us that Christ draws near as a babe in the manger. And, it, and then into the midst of all these joyous, wonderful signs announcing Jesus' birth, we have today's gospel. And oh, it is full of signs as well. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Yikes. I'll take the Star of Bethlehem, please. Why do we read this passage now? It's not from the Christmas story. It's not a prophecy of Jesus' birth. What the heck, lectionary? Why all the apocalyptic chaos? But the truth is, it's important to hear this part of the story, too, because when we talk about the coming of our Lord, we sometimes, at this time of year, only focus on the first time that Jesus came to earth. And man, I love that story, right? It's the story of how God came and became one of us and entered into our messy humanness to save us from our sins and show us how very much God loves us. And it's a story we'll hear more about as the month progresses. But Advent is about another coming as well, the coming of Christ that is to come. Because all of those signs that our gospel mentions, as scary as they sound, the distress among nations and the fainting from fear and the shaking of heaven itself, they are all signs that point to this, that the Son of Man will come again in power, in great glory. And despite the scariness of those signs, 
we have to remember that the Bible doesn't tell us that the Son of Man will come, and so we need to run and hide. On the contrary, our text continues and says, now when these things began to take place, stand up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. It's yet another way that our Bible tells us, be not afraid. But it's hard to be afraid or to not be afraid when the heavens are shaking, right? I don't know about you, but I kind of prefer the babe in the major over something so cataclysmic. I'd like a little bit less apocalypse, more veggie tales. But God doesn't always give us exactly the sign that we want, right? The Judeans of Christ's time, they wanted a king and a military uprising, but instead the sign that they got was a cross. And at this time of year, sometimes we, I, want to jump straight into Christmas carols and familial, gentle images like this one, like this one, like this beautiful manger scene you see on our overhead, tranquil with Mary and the angels and the shepherds and the baby, right? Those images are comfortable for us. But these apocalyptic passages help us to remember that, yes, Jesus is the babe in the manger, and Jesus is also the face of the oppressed and the hungry, and Jesus is also a king coming in glory, riding on a cloud, and showing us that the kingdom of God is at hand. And this passage pulls us away from that comfortable image and pulls us towards a fuller understanding of who God is. A God of glory, a God that's all-powerful, a God who, yes, works at a personal level, but also at a cosmic level. A God who came to save each of us, but also the entire world. And so we live in this tension of both and, both baby and king of glory. God's reign on earth being both a present and a future thing. The God who was and is and is to come. And we look to that second coming with a spirit of rejoicing because we know that even when things in our life seem frightening, our Redeemer draws nigh and we don't have to fear. So yes, we should watch for signs. Our sacred texts make it clear that we are to keep watch, that we are to stay awake, but rather than becoming obsessed with what signs might have happened or are to come, what if instead, if instead of focusing on that, maybe we're supposed to focus on other signs. Maybe instead of seeking signs and texting them to each other, maybe we should be seeking to be signs, to be signs of God's love to other people, right? How are the messages of our own lives pointing people to God? What do we say and do that gives our hurting world a sign that God is present and that Christ will come again? How are we declaring the word of the Lord? How are we preparing the way? Despite a world that wasn't ready to receive him, Christ came, and whether we point the way to God or not, Christ will come again. But we are blessed to be a people who not only see signs, but are freed to be signs of God's love to a hurting world, reminding this world that they are not alone. Signs that Christ is an active and real presence in our lives. 
And so we are also called to be signs in our lives as a community through the blessings we share with one another and with the hurting world. We're called to remind one another that our redemption and the redemption of the cosmos draws near and that when the time comes and the Son of Man arrives in power and glory, we need not fear because through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, we can greet our Lord with heads held high. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.